Welcome to Sheer Clarity, the show that will teach you about leadership by attraction, building self-awareness, and how to develop exceptional self-management abilities that will help you become more reflective, more open, more trusting, and more engaging with the people who matter to you most. In other words, make you a better leader. Head on over to SheerClarity.com where you can learn more, subscribe to the show for free, and connect on social media. And now, here's your host, Jay Kevin McHugh. Hi there, everyone. Welcome to the show, Sheer Clarity. I am your host, Jay Kevin McHugh, and today's episode is going to be a follow-up from the prior episode. We talked globally, generally, philosophically, thoughtfully, reflectively about this whole topic of feedback and went to great pains to tell you how hard it is to even bother with feedback if you as an executive aren't in a place where you can truly care about the people who work for you. We talked a little bit about the nature of performance reviews and how it's ridiculous to think that you're going to get once a year feedback and how important it is that you have and receive and give feedback so frequently that you don't even need the performance review. I wasn't totally disregarding performance reviews. I think they're important parts of a wrap-up that memorializes how you're doing globally, but it's also about whether or not you're going to get a raise. So we went through all of that, and I think as we ended the show, we came to this conclusion that we ought to talk on this episode about more specifically the two dimensions of feedback, positive feedback and negative feedback. I'm keeping in mind that I believe my audience or listeners that are tuning in for 20 to 25 minutes of stuff, that it's causing them to be thoughtful and reflective. And at the same time, they might like a tip or two. So today, I still want to do the same thing. I want to cause you to think, but this might be a little bit more focused. So carve it into two sections positive feedback, what is it, how do you do it, why would you do it, and then negative feedback, what is it, how do you do it, and why would you do it. With that said, it would be a good idea for me to introduce my producer, Matthew Passe. Welcome to the show, Matthew. Hello, Kevin. How are we doing today? I've got some fun ahead of me here with this topic because I have to overcome my natural skepticism about all of the tools and techniques out there. I think I let it all hang out at the last episode about feedback in general. So I have a hard time moving to technique until I feel I've got a person who cares enough to use technique, if that makes sense. I think so. You think so? Yes. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I'm not buying. I don't know what that means. You think so. Tell me what you got out of that last episode that stuck with you. It's always a nice bellwether to see if there's anything a week later that's in your brain that had some stickiness, whether or not I've ever told you this, because of where you are in your career and your age category, let's call it the late 30s, I consider you a good bellwether of that demographic, sometimes referred to as millennials. So do you have a sticky from that global feedback discussion at the last podcast? You know, I do. And the interesting thing about it is I think I always knew that In order to get good feedback, you really had to be dealing with someone who cared enough to do that, whether it's positive or negative feedback, and whether it was saying it out loud or hearing you summarize it or hearing you expound as far as how it affects teams and leaders and workplaces globally, 
I think just understanding that good feedback, again, either way, positive or negative, can only come from leadership that cares enough to provide it. And that if you're not getting substantial, constructive criticism or reinforcement, then there's probably other underlying issues that need to be addressed in general. Absolutely. Well stated. Glad it stuck. I hope it stuck for the listeners. So for today, let's talk about the two big buckets of feedback. And as I was getting prepared for the show, I was thinking that I have a toolkit item, and maybe you can remind us when you tease us into the next show at the end of this episode, about sharing a model called the Issues Clearing Model. I'll try not to say anything more about it because it's complicated, but when everything else fails and you are down to, I've tried every technique in the book, there's one last option. It can be cumbersome, laborious, and difficult because there's a lot of emotion at that point, but it is a valuable model. It's called the issues clearing model. I don't know where I got it from. I've had it for a long time. I will do that the next episode and we'll break it down. But for today, let's talk about positive and negative feedback. First of all, the positive feedback. When I use the term positive feedback, you can just go with the definition of the word positive. It's usually something that is upbeat, energizing. I don't know what other synonyms I have for the word positive, but what comes up immediately for me is if we get leaders out there who are paying attention, it is crucial to have a regular loop running of finding what people are doing well. Finding what people are doing well, that is your predisposition Positive feedback is essential for a couple of things. Number one, it is affirming people and the people who measure it, the psychologists who measure it, so much happening in the neural research area about what happens to the brain, what's lighting up the brain. You know, our technology for brain measurement is doubling just like every other technology and is fascinating. We ought to do a show or two on it sometime. But the record of what happens to the brain when people are receiving positive information, the happiness centers, what happens to various levels of cortisol, adrenaline, and the rest, there is just no doubt when people are given positive feedback and the affirming that comes with it, it creates a feeling, a good feeling, and it's biologically and neurologically measured. So, Affirmation is just one of those things that feels good. Second part of being affirmed is it's also reinforcing. So when you are doing something and somebody takes the time to go, dude, excellent job. I mean, I love this. This looks great. Or I can't believe how this came out. You did an amazing job with that. All that does is just reinforce. So whatever was going on there, now you've gotten positive feedback. Guess what you're going to do? You're going to do it again and again and again and again. Who wouldn't? Because I get accolades. I get affirmed. I get all that good, juicy feeling. The other element of positive feedback, it's close to reinforcing. So it's affirming, it's reinforcing. And it also creates potential as a source of motivation. It can actually stimulate people. 
to do more. Because obviously, when we get something that feels good, we'll do more of it. So I'm affirming, I'm reinforcing a behavior, and I'm actually setting the seeds for some motivation. So far, so good? So far, we're good. So what is it? That's kind of like what it does and why you would do it. But like, what the heck is it? And I think if I said to my listeners, I said, when is the last time you yourself received a positive feedback? Somebody said something to you about what you did, how you did it, or about you and the way you are, the way you carry yourself, but somebody took the time to notice. When is the last time that happened? So, Matthew, guess what I'm about to ask you? Oh, man. <laughs> Dude, you're, you're getting sucked in. As we're doing this, I want my listeners to actually, I want you guys to think about this. When is the last time you remember a truly positive feedback from another human being? I am fortunate that I have a lot of clients who are happy with the work that myself and my team does. I would be remiss if I didn't say just yesterday, a client emailed, he said, you know, ah, we did this interview. I'm not sure about it. I think we're going to be doing cuts and this and blah, blah, blah. I said, let me do our thing. Let me and my team do what we do. And then listen to that and then tell me if you want to make any changes. And sure enough, we did our thing. He listened. And I got an email back that just said, nailed it. You guys are magicians. <laughs> I love it. And it felt amazing. And you know what? It felt even better than reading that from the client. It actually felt really good to share that with the person who worked on it. Yes. Now you got it. It's a good feeling to be able to not just receive feedback, but also to spread feedback. Positive feedback. The positive, affirming, good news feedback. So let me tell you two things that come to mind when we're talking about this positive feedback. To the people who are in senior high levels of the organization, there is a misconception that once you've arrived, you're the CEO, you shouldn't need positive feedback because you're mature and you're seasoned and you're a leader and you're actually going to be the provider of the feedback, but you know, you don't need any feedback. It's crack. That's a crack. It's a crack. It's a crack. Any human being needs positive reinforcement. So everybody needs it. The challenge is when you head to the top of the pyramid, the sources of feedback start to dwindle. And at that point, especially in the public arena, forget the feedback. The only feedback you're going to get is whether or not you produce results. And Wall Street is merciless with negative feedback. Merciless. If you provide guidance and you don't hit it, the investor community is crushing. And I have listened to many, many investor calls, and they will take your balance sheet, your income statement, and they will simply just penetrate mercilessly. And sometimes it's embarrassing as hell. But I can tell you, when you hit your numbers, forget it. Don't go looking around for a pat on the back. Good job, Kev. See ya. What about next quarter? Right. Get, get back <laughs> <Okay>. to it. <laughs> okay. That's your feedback. But forget about the street. That's what they do. But when you come back to the office or when you get back into 
your team, you do enjoy a high five. The CEO might organize a dinner. Let's go out and do some celebration. The idea of celebrating success with positive feedback becomes essential. What I also wanted to do is to tell this part of the positive feedback story for my listeners. If you're listening to this podcast, I'm guessing that you were attracted to it for what it does. If you are a leader and you're attracted to what sheer clarity is about, you want to hone your game, you want to be a more attractive leader, then you're already in the club. You're already conscious. You're already mindful. You're already trying. And if you're only halfway there, you're still engaged enough to say, no, I want more. With that said, here's what I believe is true. You're probably also in a high performance category. You care about performing. That's why you're listening. Here's what I've noticed in my 25, 30 years of this. One of the things that happens with high performance people is they are rarely satisfied. That's why they're high performance. They're always moving to the next level, always moving to the next grid. Yeah, I planted the flag, I took a selfie, and then I move on to the next mountain that quick. Like, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. So we're constantly moving, we're constantly stretching, we're constantly, I hear the term raising the bar with one of my clients. They're always raising the bar, raising the bar, raising the bar. Okay, that's what we do. I remember as a sales manager, I mean, I would audibly hear all the dials on December 31. You know, I just did my $20 million forecast. We hit it. We were 5% over whatever. And I could suddenly hear, and it was like the odometer on your car, all going back to zero. January 1, do it again. <laughs> so, okay, add 10%, add 15%. I don't know. So that whole idea of performing that way becomes the positive reinforcement you need. But here's what I believe is true. Because you're so busy performing, you are not likely to be looking around providing positive feedback. It doesn't occur to you. Not because you don't care. It's because you're so busy and you're so focused on doing better. So that high-performance teams, which are successful and achieving, don't do positive feedback because they just forget. It's just the nature of the team. We can always be better is the philosophy. Okay, I get that. But what you're missing is you're missing the opportunity to provide a high-energy source to that group by the simple sitting down and commenting positively, by reinforcing, by affirming, by noticing what's good. What I've been doing, I actually have a couple of clients on this because they're so driven, because they sort of get this idea of positive feedback, but they forget. I've done a period where for two weeks you have to set a tickler and your timer goes off on your phone or it goes off on your Apple Watch or whatever you're wearing and it just taps you on the wrist. And it, what does that mean? It means I got to look up. I got to go find some place to go say something positive to somebody about something. And it sounds pedestrian and ridiculous, but it's that important to start training your muscle memory for being a person who is positive. I do it all the time. I'm encountering people every day in my work trying to schedule appointments. I'm talking to an admin who's trying to get a date on the calendar. I can tell you, I 
will take the time every time it takes me seconds to stop and say, by the way, thank you so much. I know this is hard coordinating these schedules. You always come through in the end, and I just want you to know how much I appreciate it. I I don't know how that's received, but I'm pretty sure it's appreciated when it comes across, especially when that person is living in the world of fast-moving trains that no sooner I got one test done, I got to get the next one. But in the 30 seconds it takes to read it, they hear somebody's appreciating what I'm doing, taking the time. And here's the key. If you're going to provide positive feedback, if you're going to train yourself to do positive feedback, which is the act of noticing people doing things well, and I think gratitude is really easy to add to this conversation, even saying thank you by itself has a positivity effect. If you're so busy, so intensely focused, or you're a perfectionist, or it's never good enough, all those things, I need you to set a timer, a reminder, a tickler, a little alarm or a ding twice a day for two weeks. Make yourself get the hell up or write or send or say or pick up a phone and say something positive to someone. It is simply that simple. Now, the only hang up that I have in telling you to do this is don't do it if you don't care. Remember the last episode? If you set your timer and you get up twice a day to go say something and it's full of crap and you don't mean it, people will know that. So don't bother. All you're doing now is making a timer to remind you to go tell people you're a phony. (laughs) That's all you've done. I guess that wouldn't be very effective. Nah, it's really not the most effective approach to it. So that, I would say, is positive feedback in a nutshell. I assume we don't want to set a timer and a reminder to provide negative feedback to our colleagues and our subordinates and people like that, no? Well, I can tell you the negative feedback tends to come more naturally and more easily. By being high performers, we are engaged and see what's not working very quickly. You just look up as you see it, right? Now, when you say it and you talk about it and what's not working, I mean, just think about the most routine things. I mean, it's little things. What about somebody who's late with a report, late with a project? What about people who come to work late? I mean, there's a thousand variations where you need an intervention and you have to provide feedback. When somebody's, let's say they're coming in late for work and it's important or they're missing meetings, they're late for meetings. I don't know uh, how I can call that constructive feedback uh, to say, well, you know, Ted, I just want to thank you for coming to 60% of our meetings on time. (laughs) I'm actually thinking, Matthew, as we're talking here, I'm wondering if we wouldn't do our listeners a service by having the next podcast on negative feedback. We can call it constructive feedback, but I feel so passionate about that topic that I'm just calling an audible right now. We can do the issues clearing model, the subsequent episode, because it will definitely follow after negative feedback. But as being conscious of our listeners' time, we're trying to do our shows in some kind of 20, 25-minute format. I don't think I can do adequate 
conversation about negative feedback, constructive feedback. I think I'd like to just push it to the next episode. We can absolutely do that. So then before we do wrap up here, was there anything more on positive feedback that we wanted to make sure that our listeners keep in mind or how they address their positive feedback so that it is effective and meaningful? Yes. When you genuinely find yourself in a place where you are conscious and mindful of others, you could make the following assumption. 99.9% of the people who go to work every day, you can make the assumption they are coming with the intention to do a good job. They are coming with a desire to receive praise and accolades and positive feedback. With that said, when you provide it, not only are you doing the tactical and practical things of a good leader, affirming, reinforcing, motivating, you're actually providing an uplift to someone's day. And that by itself can have a lasting effect for them that you didn't know about. Particularly when someone leaves for work, if you've left them feeling positive or you took a black kind of mood and you moved it to a light, that's a gift that you're offering that you're providing that might have ripple effects. So by the time they get home, instead of coming home after a day of being criticized poorly, browbeat, told how bad or how wrong they were, and your boss brightened your day with a great statement of thank you or a compliment specifically to some particularly good work that you did, that has the impact of sending a person home to his or her family. And that positive feeling may show up that night when it's time to be patient with the kids or the partner or however you want to do it. So I would ask people to think of this positive feedback as not just a normal everyday thing you want to do as a leader. I would want you to think of it as something to do for the world, something to do for people generally. It's a gift. And I'll stop there. As usual. You have provided excellent content, excellent resources, and just motivation for people to improve the way they think about their leadership styles, the way they think about their approach to work, to being in the office, to running their business. And as we thought about combining these two, I'm glad that we have decided to split it up because you're right. I think negative is going to need just as much attention and focus because while providing positive feedback is important, it's a heck of a lot easier than going in there and telling people what they're doing wrong. So make sure you stick around. Join us next week as we take a deeper dive into negative feedback, how to provide it, how to think about it, how to approach it, how to receive it. And in the meantime, as usual, we welcome your feedback. Shoot us an email, kevin at sheerclarity.com. Let us know what you think of the show. Head to the website. At the bottom, there's a form to fill out. You can send us your thoughts on how we're doing, what we're covering, what else we should be covering. Also, if you're one of those folks who uses it in Apple Podcasts, 
drop us a review and a rating right there. We welcome the feedback anywhere we can take it. And we thank you for joining us on this episode of Sheer Clarity. If you haven't yet, head over to SheerClarity.com. Check out the show notes for this episode. Subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcasting platform. And of course, connect with Kevin and Sheer Clarity on social media. And just in general, you'll find a host of just incredible resources that will help you become the consummate leader by attraction, all at SheerClarity.com. I'm Matthew Passy. He's Jay Kevin McHugh. And we will see you next week on Sheer Clarity. Mm-hmm.